Welcome to Café con Science. This is Nico. Thanks to our supporters on patreon.com slash latinolabs, we bought new microphones. So now our sound quality should be much better. We also decided to have a little bit more structure to our Café con Science episodes. Um, so let us know what you think. Don't forget to follow us at latinolabs um, in whatever platform you use and to subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. I have cookies for everyone. Oh my God, oh, can wow. I have one? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, you can have two. What? This is amazing. Welcome to Café con Science. Uh, this is Nico. This is Gabo. And I'm Andrea. So we thought that we would start every segment by sharing with you kind of how our weeks were going. And we're going to start by asking everybody to describe their last week in three words. So you should go first, Gabo. All right. <laughs> um, I would say hectic, satisfying, and gardening. Okay, cool, cool, cool. What are you in there? <laughs> Um, cautious, um, learning, and concern. Okay, yeah, that was a very cautious way to say that. <laughs> I can see. Um, and for me, it would be um, scary, boring, and exciting. What? Hmm. Okay. Yeah, so we can come back to that. So there you go. So Wait, I want you to elaborate first now. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, sure, I'll elaborate first. So I said it was um, scary, boring, and exciting. I guess it's boring because I work as the Associate Director of Research of a Strobe, which is like a research center across seven universities on all kinds of topics around imaging science. A part of what I do is that we have to acknowledge that the money that makes the center runs comes from taxpayers, like hopefully the people that are listening to this pay your taxes. <laughs> and, um, and so every year, um, the National Science Foundation, which is the agency in charge of managing our budget, uh, basically audits us, both scientifically and financially and everything, making sure that we are using the money right and that we're doing it as efficiently as we can and impacting as many people as we can. And so that's coming on soon. And part of that process is building this annual report, which is giant. And then I have to compile all kinds of numbers and write all kinds of emails asking like, could you please quantify how many hours have you spent talking to this other institution? And if it's more than a certain amount, then I write something. Anyway, so it's good because that information is useful, but reco like recovering that information can be boring. Um, I would say it's um, scary because, you know, these, when people are reviewing you, you always feel like, Mm -hmm. not scary but you know like did I do something wrong is it weird you know but I think that's normal um, and also scary because I'm also um, working on a faculty position on, um, so it's exciting and scary at the same time so that's that's what my week has been looking like though both the deadlines for the report and the faculty position application are tomorrow <laughs> so uh, but here we are um, thanks for coming yeah um, Andrea what about you um, so I said cautious and learning and concern. Cautious and concern are two part. One, I've had like back problems and headache problems for a while, and I'm finally getting that like checked out. So that's good, but also cautious. What do you mean about finally getting that checked out? I thought you went to I mean, <laughs> so um, I have been going to like physical therapy for a while for my back issues, but um, I'm finally doing the activities that I normally do, cautiously. Um, for example, climbing and stuff. I finally did that yesterday. I'll do it again today. We'll see how it goes. I'm being very, very slow about it, though. Um, also cautious, though, because in my experiment, I have to apply like reasonably high voltages to um, 
some electrodes reasonably high <laughs> quantify that would, would no just, like it's not it's not too bad would you right? die no i mean probably not because <laughs> <laughs> right like it's it's you don't sound of, very sure no, no no i don't think so because the the way it's set up um so i'm, I'm using like 100 volts which isn't horrible yeah it's just you don't you definitely don't want to like and it depends on the current too exactly and my current should be almost nothing i put in a really really big resistor to make sure that the current like dies if my electrode's short, um, which is the only concern. So anyway, the point is that I'm using, I've been using that, but I had to think about a new sort of um, voltage uh, waveform, we'll say. So like, you know, you can have voltages of whatever, however many volts you want, but how I apply those voltages might not just be like a direct current or something it's it's got a different shape from so like in time it will have so a in time yeah scale. so for a few microseconds it'll be at a certain voltage and for a few microseconds yes. at a different one so, yeah. so like the, the voltage in the current for most houses that's just sinusoidal right it yeah. just kind of goes like a little like alternating current yeah, ac so, yeah yeah um but mine is a little bit more complicated than that um and i've had to be designing that and making sure that the way i'm making that happen doesn't make it dangerous all of a sudden because voltages don't like to change sharply so like a sine wave is nice and smooth and voltages like that but if you have it like really sharp step increases then it could get dangerous and so cautiously through that and then the concern is more like is my back going to give out if I climb and learning because I never had to learn a lot of electronics in college as a chemist, we don't really take those <laughs> classes. Um, so now I'm learning that, and it's fine. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. I How never took electronic classes either. Really? <laughs> yeah. It was just physics 2 and, huh. and E&M. But yeah, we never took E&M. The no, only E&M I had was like... Are you talking about grad classes, like, or are you talking about undergrad? Undergrad. Yeah. Oh. It, but it was... But E&M was like the... We're not a... E&M circuits. being like... Electromagnetism. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to eat a cookie and like slowly leaving away from yeah, the microphone. Yeah, don't, don't eat your cookies. It's your time to say how you uh, eat <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you I, I'm sorry, I remember gardening, and that's the part that I'm... <laughs> Good. Um, it, I said hectic, satisfying, and gardening. Uh, I'd say hectic because it's the first week of classes. Um, oh, yeah. And everyone's running up and down the hill from East Campus to Main Campus. Um. And because I'm changing projects uh, two months before a deadline. Oh, wow. Are what? you taking classes? Um, I'm auditing a class on uh, science policy and how oh. to make usable science. Oh, the usable science class. Yeah. That's with Lisa Dilling, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. She's great. Cool. It looks cool. Yeah. Um, and it's just once a week on Mondays, which is right. extra nice. nice. Yeah. I'll come up to main campus and see something different. <laughs> um, Sweet. What's yeah. the deadline? Is it like a... I have comps too in October. Ooh. So in, yeah, so that's like the big yeah. qualifying exam for candidacy into... Yeah, so yeah, if you so fail, you're out. Exactly. Not necessarily. Some departments give you a few sh tries before. Yeah, you can try, I think, twice. Yeah. Um, but comps two is the research part, so I already took the, uh, the written exam and passed. Woo! Nice, congrats. Um, but I, But I need to... Prepare an experiment, run it, and write a report and give a 45-minute talk on, on the In the project. next two months. Yeah. Nice. Two months. Wow. wow. 
That's you're, pretty. You're pressured. a computational person, at least. So yeah. Okay. It's, okay. it's not a it's not a real experiment. <laughs> okay, that is a little bit. It's better. a virtual one. Yeah. That's still rough. I think in for us, um, our comps talk didn't have to be necessarily on what like the rest of our PhD was going to be about. No. Yeah. And so a lot of people switched. So <laughs> yeah, we have to. We actually it's separate like the comprehensive examination mm-hmm. one, uh, which kind of allows you to like master that if you want it kind of equivalent to a master's thesis that one is different from the one where you present your thesis project yeah so it's it's, it's different so you don't become a candidate after comps to in physics you have to do another comps comps three to yeah but i thought that like only comps proposal. three was about your research i thought the other ones weren't about your research yeah they're not yeah. about your research so comps two has nothing to do they actually yeah. explicitly ask you to write a review paper on a field of physics that is completely unrelated to hmm. to see if you're able to absorb a field in like three months. Yeah, we have to do that too, but we don't have to defend it in person. We just submit the paper. Oh, yeah, we have to submit the paper and defend it in person in front of specialists. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's fun. That's hard. Yeah, no. Ours gets read by a few people, but that's it, which is nicer. Yeah. yeah. In APS, it's just a small independent research project that is hopefully a little different from your thesis project which may be like really influenced by your advisor it's like you need to show that you can bring a scientific idea through to to the end yeah oh wow that's kind of that's kind of interesting i like that yeah me too it's more Um, work but it's interesting (laughs) so um um all right so so that's been happening (laughs) that's pretty good and then you were gardening yeah gardening we went to to McGuckin's the other day and bought a whole bunch That's of pots. It's like a hardware hardware store. It's a local hardware store. Nicest hardware nice. store. It's so big. Yeah. I love um, it. It's too big. I want to buy so many everything. things when I go. It's so easy to get. They have such pretty plants. I know, I know. You got to be careful. But I got like the thickest, warmest socks I've ever bought oh. in my life at McGuckin's. <laughs> I didn't even know there were socks. <laughs> so yeah, good. I'm not surprised. They sell everything um, there. Yeah. Um, Okay, so I think this is a time where I want to switch topics a little bit. So we're going to do this again. This is our coffee break. Uh, we're coming from work. We're going to go to work. So we have like, we take 20 minutes to just chat. But we did, do, we'll try to prepare every time, like a particular topic that one of us wanted to discuss that was interesting in An the article terms of or something. humanity of doing science or cool science or crazy things that happened. And so to this week, um, I proposed that we talked about something that happened last week in the internets um, <laughs> of science. Um, so there is this place called the archive. So the archive is where scientists put um, maybe results that they are gonna publish in a paper. So a lot of times people put their paper there even though before it's accepted to a journal, just to show that, you, you know, to share the results and also show that they were the first one to do this thing, you know? It's, it's, a, it's important. Um, and then, because sometimes the reviewing process of papers can take months, if not years. Um, and so, but papers on the archive are not peer reviewed and they're also just, you know, you can put whatever you want. They are lightly moderated. They're so lightly a few moderated. of them are just kicked out as like, this isn't science. Yeah, yeah. this, this but, is insane, yeah. But it's always very interesting. There's always really, really cool stuff. I remember there was one about the physics of mosh pits that was really cool. Really? Yeah. Um, mosh pits, like, yeah. like at a party? Yeah. Wow. There, there's been one of, uh, the seasons on Westeros 
<laughs> yeah, there's like so so, like so the celestial dynamics of that. Scientists get to you know, and then it can be interesting. But so so, but some of them are but also are, serious results. Yeah, so serious results that will get published. So so a couple of weeks ago, these archive preprint from a group, a reputable group, uh, from a big uh, Indian university, um, put a paper there announcing that they had found a um, room temperature superconducting material. Um, made of like you know an alloy of nanoparticles of like silver or gold and things so a little bit weird but at the same time it wasn't weird of a material especially because neither gold or silver have superconducting uh, capabilities but the the impacts so just to to emphasize a little bit yeah if they were such a thing as high temperature superconductors and we knew how to make them which we our people are trying it would completely change everything that you know about everything like, so superconductors usually have to run at very cool temperatures, like yeah. not not like chilly, like uh, what seventy Mi- Kelvin, something yeah, like that. Yeah, so like minus four hundred Fahrenheit or whatever, or two hundred Celsius, yeah, or yeah. two hundred twenty Celsius. So so it takes a lot of energy to cool things down. And then the superconducting material is one where you can run current through, but energy is not lost to heat. So basically, it's a one hundred percent efficient like channel of communication of energy, which means that. You know, r- around us, about 60% of our energy is wasted in heat just because cables and car engines are not very good. So this will change how we interact with everything. And that's just like the basic application. It would mm-hmm. literally change technology as we know it. So it was a pretty big deal. Like this would definitely yeah. be a big deal. And so people started to circulate it around. And I'm part of a, a Slack community between scientists that interact with public radio called the uh, Friends of Joe Big Idea. Friends of Joe's big idea. And then one of them, uh, Brian Skinner, posted on Slack saying, hey, you know, has everybody he seen? He was on your group. Yeah. And so. Oh, my God. <laughs> so he was he was like, hey, has everybody seen this article? I was looking at it. And then I realized in one of the graphs, something funny was happening. And then he decided to look a little bit closer. And it turns out that two different graphs that, um, you know, are of a whatever quantity measured across temperatures like magnetic field um, had the same noise pattern um, for a very long time for like the whole trace. And not like similar. Not like, the same. Like identical. So he like just kind of took them, superimposed them, I realized. And then so so that people know noise is supposed to be random. It's something that you can't control if you're the par- like your experiment or here, you know, it's the noise. There are little fluctuations yeah. that just happen. And it's fine. It's and great. It's the name good. literally implies it's random. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's random and then your signal has to be above your noise, right? So their signal was really strong, but it turns out their noise patterns were the same. So Brian Skinner decided to then publish an archive paper um, just pointing this out, saying like, hey, authors, could you please help me understand what is going on with this paper? And then madness ensued. I don't know. So, and so then I, it gets crazy. weirder. No, so it's you, so crazy. It's so weird. So there was, so, and then so Brian Skinner started this Twitter feed as well as the archive feed. Um, and then the Twitter feed is what because I sent to Because by the way, the, the thing to note is people have been caught. So, okay, there's like, we don't really know what's going on with that data yet. But people in the past have been caught for falsifying data because their noise was weird. Yeah, so that's that's a weakness of false data. It's like it's really hard. It's hard to make credible noise. Yeah, because it's random. <laughs> and so yeah, so there's there's been scandals of people misbehaving. I think the most famous one is about the organic superconductors scandal, which was about 15 years ago. What? Um, to yeah. this person went through. It turns out they discovered that he had fabricated all of his data since like PhD and yeah. he was about 
he was at Bell Labs and he was about to be like a chair of a department. Yeah, or they something. stripped him of his doctoral degree. Yeah, even. they took everything away because like because it's fake. He yeah, was fake. It he was crazy. He was pulling some things. He was telling some people he was over there, and then he was seeing these people he was over there. It was crazy. Anyway, so that was a particular scandal. But it happens, like, people, you know, scientists are humans. They're under pressure, and some people think that it's okay. There's a range of things, right? Like, there's that extreme where someone's, like, actively faking faking data. data. And then there are other things where people, like, I don't know, they had a student who didn't totally understand something, or they didn't totally understand how to use an instrument, or something, and then there's just like little mistakes where they didn't catch something really obvious. Um, but it's like a whole range of like what could be happening. Yeah, and so here is just like pointing out like, hey, these two noise patterns are not the same, so did you make a mistake or something, but these needs to be uh, Addressed, yeah. And then so that, that, was, that was it. And then if you read the Twitter feed, which we'll post on our website. It's wild. Honestly, um, wild. Yeah. <laughs> then there's, it's like a whole thing. Apparently, so then there are a couple notable um, professors who were kind of involved. One of them was basically like, you gotta, you gotta t- show people how you got these results now that they're kind of weird and we need to look at them closer. And then another professor, supposedly from their email, emailed that guy and said, stop harassing them. But then it turned out that someone had just made a fake account. Yeah, in so that professor's name to defend the authors, which is really weird. It was so weird. Somebody was trolling yeah, people was, by yeah. like pretending that they were one of the scientists like on Facebook and on email. Yeah, it was oh. wild. <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. I've like honestly never heard about it. And this is like about like the this. social part of like science. You know, when you put your results yeah. out there, they're supposed to be scrutinized. So even when you publish the paper after the peer review, like, we don't take it as, like, okay, then it's truth, right? Then everybody yeah. scrutinizes it. And then this is, it was just weird to see it happening, like, on Twitter. Yeah, social media was the platform for this, which is kind of awesome. <laughs> um, because even arguably, like, the archive isn't, it's, like, kind of social media in a way. Yeah, but it's not, like, super It's open. not super, you know, no, no. But it does, like, people comment on things all the time. Yeah, and then... Um, it's not through the usual channels. Yeah, basically. and then there's an article by Scientific American trying to summarize what happened. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you, if you read it. I read that, and then there was also another article, maybe by... Uh, I didn't um, see that one. Nature? Question mark, question mark, question mark. That um, sounds like a nature paper. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I'll send you guys the one, the other one I saw, but it's all similar stuff. I don't know. I went through, because I saw the archive paper, and I didn't notice the repeating noise pattern. Yeah. Um, and I was like, holy crap. But then, you know, you have to be careful because you, you want to see anything like that big to be um, reproduced and things like that, right? Yeah. But it didn't occur to me to look for repeating noise patterns. This is crazy. You know, some, yeah. Something else is that, th- you know, this is a super important find. And so immediately, as soon as you say we found a room temperature superconductor, everyone... Skinner's stopped. in the tread, yeah. In the, yeah, said some people just stopped everything they were doing to start working on what they what they had reported. Oh, yeah. This would change, like, PhDs for sure. Yeah. It, it'd be wild. So, uh, kind of in summary, uh, we were excited, and then we were sad, but then we were like, oh, wow, this is kind of exciting that it happens in, like, on social media, and people are, like, talking about it so fast. Yeah. I think there's a lot to be said for, I don't know, the review process being maybe opaque sometimes, but then this is really, really out in the open. Yeah. This this. Yeah, I think that's the plus thing of archive too. Like it's more public, I think. 
So maybe it was an honest mistake, you know? Yeah, because I don't know, like, I don't know if everyone knows, like, how the review process works. So I don't know if maybe we should briefly... It's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's, it's supposed to do a few things, but not everything, right? So the peer review process is supposed to... It's how we get our results published. In a, in a journal, yeah, right. So, so, so basically you send your paper to your draft to an editor. The editor says, like, yeah, this seems legit. And then the editor looks for, like, people that seem to be specialists in that area and asks them to review the paper. You don't know who's reviewing you. In most journals, they know who you are, but some journals do double double blind instead okay. of single blind, and then those journals tend to have more women first authors. Yeah. Uh, we can talk about that another time. Um, <laughs> anyway, so then they get back to the editor and say, like, yeah, this, this seems legit. Like, this seems like I would I would believe it. It seems like they did everything, and I and they'll give you also comments on like what yeah, to change or, or if you need to run an extra yeah, experiment or something. Exactly. They're like, oh yeah, I would believe this more if you actually could check this, and then you know, but they will not cut like repeating noise patterns for yeah. example they should but maybe not repeating noise papers, uh, patterns between papers which have happened in the past or they, they won't really catch like scientific mal, uh, malpractice they will they will see yeah. and basically what that gives you is like yeah yeah this seems legit but you know let's put it out there and see what people think which is which is sometimes lost because I think people think that once something is published it's like set in stone yeah. and it's very often not but especially for things like syntheses like yeah. They publish them all the time. They're like recipes to make whatever compound you want. And then after they've made it, then the whole community goes through and like tries to make your thing to see if it works. It's like, my, it's like those pictures of people trying to bake really fancy things and it turns out Essentially, terrible. yeah. It's like Pinterest <laughs> fails. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. science edition. Yeah. Synthesis fails. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, a lot of them are very good, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know, we're all going. I'm, I'm, you know, we're all going. I'm going through a few of the review process. Both as submitting and as reviewer. So it depends. <laughs> Not of the same article, of course, but it's something we all participate in. We don't get paid to do this. Yeah. Right? It's service, right? And then, but the publishing houses, some of them do make a lot of money, and which is mm -hmm. annoying. But we can talk about another day. You should publish in like journals that are nonprofit. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, by that we mean like. Most good journals don't charge you to publish things. Well, but even Nature and Nature Group, they're for profit. Yeah. So okay, they don't they don't pay okay. they don't pay the reviewers. I you were saying like because there are some actually just oh yeah fake journals that <laughs> charge you to publish because uh, that's a different story though. Yeah, there's and then some of them say like if you want this to be open public you can pay me some money and blah 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 but that's different like i would say like the nature group makes a lot of money out of scientific publishing and they don't pay their reviewers which i think annoying but when i think like science or the physical review letters or nano letters or acs nano those are actually non not for profit so oh, all yeah. the profits go back to the professional organization and they fund other journals or they fund scholarships and things like that cool. anyway that gives us all the time we had this week so Ooh. we need to go back to work people uh, <laughs> So oh, no. um, have a great, um, yeah, rest of, have a great weekend and stuff. And yeah. um, I'll see you next week. Hopefully Sounds. before, but, you know, I'll see you recording <laughs> next week. All right, well, this was Nico. This was Gabo. I'm Andrea. And this was Café Con Science. Woo, Thanks. goodbye. All right, have a